What's the closest you ever got to being gay? I blew six guys in college. Six? Well, you have to know if you like it. <laughs> First one was weird. So I was like, yeah, let's do it five more times. Right. It's like, like Goldilocks. Yeah, you got to yeah. go in each bed. And by the sixth one, I was like, this is gross. This is like crazy. This, yeah, I this like time, it. I don't think I'm into this. I don't like this at all. 100%. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Just ask Niana that works here. I mean, she's thrilled with her Mint Mobile savings. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bears. That's mintmobile.com slash B-E-A-R-S. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bears. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We are back, and once again, the Lord has blessed us, and Bert is sick, and <laughs> thankfully, his replacement is so much more fun. It's great to have you, Greg Fitzsimmons. How you doing, buddy? Fucking, I gotta say, the head, the head looks good. Head look looks good. Look at these domes, dude. Do you go all the way down on yeah, it, or you buzz I do. it? No, I, I go all, I use the, um, you know, like the that like ergonomic thing, and it goes all the way, like skin. Yeah. Like the electric one. It's really Ooh, nice. You really? do it in the shower. You do it in the shower. Dude. Very easy. I need one of those. Oh, fucking, I'll send you one. Will you? Yes. They're amazing. The least you can do. I sent you a fucking ass wipe <laughs> thing for your kid. You a did. heated ass wipe. And I have, ever since that, I, it was so awesome. So when you have a kid, you don't, you know, you don't know anything, your first kid. Yeah. Then an experienced parent tells you, you know, little things. And you're like, this is, it warms up the wipes. Yeah. So you don't think so a newborn doesn't feel a cold fucking wet piece of paper on its ass. It's warm. Yeah. And uh, I've gifted I've gifted that to new parents all the time. Yeah. It's, it's instead of crying when you wipe them, yeah. they they push back. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, like oh yeah. 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 And you're like, I I think my my baby just came. <laughs> Yeah, you feel like you're back in college on uh, a dance floor at some feels, dive bar. Just grinding, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels amazing. And then you then you want to use them. You're like, this is fucking yeah, nice. I know. I Nothing want to be better. treated I want to be treated like a baby one day. Wake up, just shit, wake up and shit the bed. Yeah. Have uh, somebody clean it up. Let me tell you something, it's coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. You just gotta turn about 78, 80, something like that, and then <laughs> shit the bed. Yeah. It's the whole fucking routine again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love I love, yeah, being taken care of like that. Yeah. It's got to be amazing. Yeah, being I mean, cuddled. And ev and every little thing, if you're if the baby goes like, oh, they're like, what is it? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. You could just do that and be like, I want a titty in my mouth or whatever, you know? <laughs> so you can actually yeah, say it. Right. Yeah. And then you're done sucking on the titty and they go, you seem like you need to burp. And <laughs> yeah. then they, they yeah. bounce you up and down a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Let your little burp out. Yeah. And then you just point at your dick. <laughs> Now you could. <laughs> Next. 
You mean your mother would suck your dick? <laughs> yes, yes. It seems like... She's from South America. Oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. you guys yeah. are different yeah, traditions totally there. different, yeah. Yeah. That's just like a normal... <laughs> hello. Isn't that a thing with like uh, Orthodox kids? Doesn't like the rabbi... Suck the kid's dick? Well, yeah, they really? they perform um, uh, some, some some one of the rituals, and it involves sucking the kid's penis. Sounds right. Nadav? Can confirm it's to stop the bleeding after the circumcision. Oh. oh. Well, wow. I, I'm not going to trade that then. Let I'm me not... tell you, uh, they're different. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> We're on a different team, you and I. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't chosen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit on the bench for this yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> you guys go ahead and do your thing. God. <laughs> This is common. This is a routine thing. Yeah, it's uh, like I've never been to a circumcision, but the Moyle, who's the rabbi that circumcises, yeah. like scientifically, they say that there's something in the spit enzyme that stops the bleeding. I don't know if that's just like a come on, let us do it. But that wow. is a rough visual, dude. Yeah, I don't pull it up. I don't want to imagine that. And there's a crowd watching. Is yeah. it is it part of the ceremony? Like everybody's standing around watching. It's in front of everybody. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dude. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I once got a blowjob in the back of a van in the Bronx in front of my friends. And, Did you really? Uh, yeah. And I, I couldn't do it. Really? I couldn't do They're it. They're just watching? Yeah. How many friends? Well, it was, it was a professional transaction. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So. Were you able to get hard? Uh, about halfway. Yeah, but then it was it was too much, right? Well, between the peppermint schnapps and guys yeah. in Grateful Dead jackets laughing, <laughs> you know, everybody had a silk screen of the doors. <laughs> the great, you know, yeah. everybody's chain smoking in the back of the windowless van. It felt a little rapey. Hey, Greg, you gonna come, Fitzy? <laughs> you're like, shit. Everybody's hands are up, waiting for the high five. Oh I'm my like, god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's why you know it's it's crazy. Like the uh, you know the porn people. It's like full cameras and yeah. people. And you're like, all right, that's a different, that's a skill set. Have right? you been to a set? No, I haven't been to a set. Um, no, I've never I did been it to when a set. I was, I hosted the porn awards. I remember twice. that. Yeah. yeah. And so they said, you should probably go to a set and check it out. You uh -huh. know? And I was like, I just said to my wife, do you care? And she's like, I'm so fucking lucky. My wife is like, does not care. She's really? like, do what you're going to do. You know, cause she trusts me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I go downtown and uh and it was like it was it was so like shooting a TV show. It was yeah. so much more about the cameras yeah. and the lights and and I did not I did not get aroused at all. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. I I I mean I've said this on other podcasts where I don't know if this happened to you, but Every time I've met a lot, you know, like there's this thing in like the comedy and adult world where it does kind of, you know, I mean, they come to the shows like mm -hmm. if you're in L.A. and they're always really nice. But I can't like uh, be aroused by anyone that I meet. No. I meet them and I'm like, oh, you know, just like you humanize them right away. Yeah. And then like you guys talk about your day and, and, and life. And then it's like, I don't want to watch this person do porn now. Yeah. It's like it's only it's only like when it's a distant fantasy removed like the the humanity of a person right where you can objectify them but like i i don't get a thrill out of meeting them and then watching their stuff however yeah 
There was a girl who was a comedian in Boston when me and Rogan were coming up. Uh-huh. And she was smoking hot, like big, curvy, sexy yeah. Jewish girl. Mm-hmm. And then she was, and she she was pretty. So she goes, you know, I'm moving out to Hollywood, and uh, and uh, about two years later, we're like, I'm not gonna say her name, but remember so and so? And like, yeah, it's like somebody handed me a, a a VHS tape, and she had been doing some like, remember when Cinemax was just like, oh yeah, yeah. like porn, sure. And she that was like, that's what she'd gotten into, like the skit, like the it was like softcore, right? it was like softcore, but yeah. I mean like. Sex scenes that went on for like four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she was in it. And I mean, that, I can't tell you, it's the most aroused I've ever been. Really, yeah. Because I knew her. Yeah, but you're also, that's also kind of a reverse of what I'm talking about, right? In a way, because what I'm talking about is like the porn performer, you've seen them in porn, then you meet them. Then you meet them. And like the fantasy is like, it's over. Right. This is like someone from your real life that gets into a fantasy thing. Yeah. Totally different, I think, you know? Um, did, did you respect her or no? Like you, like. I felt sad that she'd gone to Hollywood, and I don't think that was her vision of how things were going to play out. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, um, I knew that she wasn't going to be able to do stand up in Boston again. Yeah, you know that 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 she she once you go there, I don't know how you come back from that. I mean, I guess Debbie. I think Debbie Harry did porn before uh-huh. she before Blondie took off. Really. Yeah. Real porn? Well, she definitely did nude photos, but I heard that there was also a porn, that she did a porn that was going, I shouldn't say that, allegedly, allegedly. Did I tell I you when, when I first got, I almost did a Skinamax show, so. What? Yeah, yeah, so I'm 22, this is peak Tom, I'm like 185, I weigh like 30 pounds less than I do now. Wow. And I'm, I'm a kid, I'm 22 years old. Yeah. Uh, clean shaven, uh-huh. I have hair. Full head of hair. And I go in. And the audition is like FBI agent. And this is like non-union stuff, yeah. right? And I'm like, just like, you know, I got a, yeah, I'm like this guy in the middle, you know? like mm-hmm. the, And um, so I, I I go in there and the guy, you know, okay. I do the, the, the read with him and he's like, how do you feel about uh, being nude? And I was like, oh, uh, I want the, the non-nude part. And he was like, you sure? And I go, yeah, he goes, and he pulls up a picture of this beautiful blonde woman naked. And he goes, you'll get to fuck her. And I go. He had orchestrated this interview. Yeah. And I was like, um, I go, he goes, well, you know, pretend fuck her, but you guys will be naked and shoot the scene. And you sure you don't want to do that? I go, I mean, I, I don't think I can, man. I think I got to do the. The clothed part. Yeah. And he was just like, look at her again. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Wow, good it was restraint. Like, I know. Well, I just kept thinking about like, honestly, at that age, just parents. You know, I, I just left college. Yeah. I remember calling I remember calling my dad and telling him. And I was like, but I told them I would only do the clothed part. But it would be like a softcore scene. And he's like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, you know, people got they gotta get their start somewhere. It's yeah. fine. I was like, all right, well, I go, I'm just not I just you know, I won't be pretend fucking some chick yeah. on Cinemax. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was like offered. Yeah. When I was in acting school, I went to acting school for two years in New York. And um it was uh very uh method, mm-hmm. methody. Yeah. 
And so I was supposed to do this scene with this girl from uh, this play called The Dreamer Examines His Pillow. And it was a very, it was a, it was like a, a rape scene. Oof. I was supposed to rape her. And so we did the scene in class and the teacher who was this, who was this gay guy with a handlebar mustache and he had like button fly jeans and he always left the top two buttons open. Oh my God. And they were super tight and you <laughs> yeah. could see his bulge and yeah. he was very flamboyant. He was f- fucking right. Richard Pinter. Best acting teacher in New York. And he goes, stop, stop. This is fucking bullshit. Stop. You're not raping her. And he goes, you guys need to work this scene out. So he gave us the keys to the studio. And he goes, come in here when we're not around. And you guys need to go deep into this scene. And this girl was smoking hot. She was this Puerto Rican girl from Brooklyn. And and so we played out the scene like, you know, like just... It was so hard to cross that line. Yeah. But like tear, he wanted me to tear her clothes off and like dry hump. And it was, it was dark. Yeah. And, uh, and how we, fucking hard did you get? I got super, <laughs> I mean, you're hard right now. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh by your my story. God. To, to sanction it, to say go for it, it's very hard emotionally and psychologically and spiritually to, to and that's why I'm not an actor to this day, is yeah. I was not able, I wasn't able to do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough, that's a rough direction to get. Yeah. And, uh, and, ha- and so she, but she was good with you working through that, that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I did, I did an acting class out here also with uh, Janet Alhanti. She was phenomenal. Out and here in, in Austin? Sorry, sorry. In, I always think I'm in LA. Yeah. In LA. And um, I, there was like celebrity pop-ins all the time. And at the time, this actress, I think her name was Brooke Burns. I think oh, she, yeah. Brooke was Burns. She, was she dating uh, Bruce Willis or something like that oh, at the time? Oh, yeah. She was yeah. a Baywatch girl. Yes. And yeah. we, we had a scene together. Damn. Yeah. We had a scene together in front of the class and I was supposed to also get aggressive with her. Uh-huh. And I asked her to slap me. And she was like, no, nah, I'm not going to. I don't want to do that. I go, I want you to do it. And <laughs> I go, I go, I think it would help, you know? And she's like, really? And she was like, I, I don't know. I was like, all right. And then we do the scene and uh, she slapped me. Like she slapped the shit out of me. Yeah. And I was like... I fucking like, and she was like, oh. and then the scene ends and I go, that was great. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. Did you have it on tape? No, yeah. no, but it's, it's plays in here all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to great. take the uh, I took this other class with Greg Giraldo in New York. Fucking Greg. He was the best. And, uh, and the teacher her name was Sally Johnson. She was she was a good teacher, but she was cross-eyed. And so like you'd do the scene and then you and your partner would be standing there and she would go like she would be like, And you you were particularly good. I like the choices you made. And you're sitting there going like, Me? Me or- <laughs> <laughs> uh, how great was Greg? Because a lot of people, you know, it's one of those things now too where we were just talking about how, you know. In this like business and entertainment, there's a time frame. You can be you can be huge for fifty years, like George Carlin. Yeah, and I I want to say he died in 07, I think. Okay, right. Which I was like, is that that seems like so long ago now. Yeah, 
And I feel like you could go up to like a 30-year-old today. Oh, oh, wait. And they'd be like, oh, I know that name. And you're like, damn, you already don't know like yeah. that who that is. Right. Right? And like everybody who... I'd met Geraldo, I think, once. Um, but I'm saying like I was watching all his stuff all the time. Yeah. And like how talented that guy is. But you got that. You were like friends. You Yeah, we you started know. together. I mean, that was like my, my sort of class in New York of coming up was like me, Geraldo... Todd Barry, uh, Jim Gaffigan, like we were all kind of Kevin Brennan. We all came kind of came in at the same time. Sarah he was, Silverman. He was so good, and he was just the guy that I immediately was like, "Oh, this guy's gonna." Well, he also had the work ethic. Like he, he fucking wrote. He wrote smart, incisive. Like you remember the the uh, altercation he had with Dennis Leary on oh Tough Crowd. Oh my god! Crowd? Oh my god! And yeah. where, where Dennis tried to call him on the fact that he worked hard and yeah. wrote material for oh, the show. It was unbelievable. And what was great about it was it showed that not only that Greg was doing the work and he was prepared, which always showed, but that he then went off script and he just went after Leary and Leary, who's you know a scrapper. He's you know, yeah, yeah. he's a street fighter type comic. Yeah. And Durala took him down. Took him down. Yeah. Yeah. And it also like it highlighted in that moment the um the not just the work ethic he had, but that somebody was the other guy who was a big name and successful was like, you know, you don't you, I'm just I'm just being myself up here. I'm not preparing stuff. Yeah. And and I I feel like that's enough. And it's the message there is like, no, no, you should still keep yeah. Preparing. Right. Even if everybody knows who you are. Right. Because otherwise you're left in this moment. Yeah. Where you're like, oh shit. Yeah. I just got embarrassed. Yeah. It's a it's a fucking powerful moment. Like you feel it. That's mm-hmm. like a I had a visceral reaction where like like you 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 don't want to be leery in that moment. He looked naked. Yes. He was exposed. Totally exposed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really incredible moment. Yeah. Sorry that I fucking try or something like yeah, that. It was like, right, oh my right. God. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. I got into the sugar-free sticks and I was one of those people who was like, oh, is this going to taste horrible now? I actually think it tastes better than any uh, a sports drink that has sugar. It's incredible, and you get hydrated in such an amazing way. I take them with me everywhere. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink. Liquid IV contains no artificial sweeteners plus zero sugar in the sugar-free version. It has eight vitamins and nutrients and is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk, nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you first order. When you go to liquidiv.com and use the code CAVE at checkout, that's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code CAVE at liquidiv.com. But it's like that also, like sometimes I'll be in New York and and like the comics in New York, just they grind a lot harder than the LA comics. Mm -hmm. And like I'll go into the comedy cellar and it'll be like, You'll see Sam Morrell and Mark Norman and they get up on stage and they're doing shit. And I see them, you know, pretty frequently. I and mean, you see their social media. Yeah. New shit, like brand new shit, tearing it up. And you just realize, like, I remember being that hungry and being that driven and working that hard. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I still work hard. Like, I still am always doing new stuff, but not not like that. Not that. Yeah. 
I think that also is the natural path, right? Where you're going to really, really grind. And that's generally not sustainable for 30, 40 years. Right, right. I mean, you still work hard and you're you're always doing new material and you're doing the road, which is like kind of, that is the job. Yeah. But yeah, when you're... When you're tr- like really trying to, you know, make a name for yourself yeah. and, and get people to recognize you and get gigs and you feel like that audience is first coming to you and you're like, oh, I have people are, fa- I got to deliver. Yeah. You know, you can't manufacture that. I can remember being on the road and I would get up Friday morning after my Thursday night show and I would sit there with my tape recorder with a notebook and I would go through word for word. No. Every if and it's Friday night. If I did two shows, then the next on Saturday, I'd listen to both hours word for word, and I would write down word changes, tags, wow. you know, crowd work that went well. I mean, I I was like, it shows. I was though. obsessed. It shows. It shows. It still shows. You always have new stuff. Oh, always, thanks, man. Yeah, it's like it's. I I mean, it's you're one of my favorite comics to watch because you always like. There's people who say they're doing new stuff and you're like, I've seen this for 15 <laughs> years. And then you really like, you'll talk about the trip you just got back from and, and you always have insightful, smart, funny shit. And you always go for it. Like you go for jokes. Oh, thanks you know, man. I, I love it. I love yeah, watching you. Just thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The joke, the going for the joke really is something that is almost frowned upon now. Of, of course. People don't go for the joke. No, you go for the, like you go for the joke, dude. <laughs> I think that is the, a school of comedians that are probably from your class through like my class. And then it kind of changed. Yeah. Like I'm at the end of like, go for the joke. Right. Uh, Feels like it sometimes. Right. And then things now are, but like, that's why, you know, I love from that, from that class too, is like those huge, like Chris Rock and Seinfeld and, and like those huge guys they all are like, yeah, go for the joke. Yeah. Like, go for the, say whatever it is. Is right. it a funny joke? Are you going for it? Yeah. That's what they respect. Yeah. That's always how I liked it, too, is like, yeah, dude, that's a fucking, he went for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, that's what I want to see. And, and I think that's kind of why roasting came back, because it's so, it's going for the joke. It's yes. like, it was kind of like, people forgot that comedy could be that pure and that good, yeah. where you could really just think craft hone yeah and then come in with just concentrated bam bam yeah. bam one of my favorite messages to get after a show that i do is you'll see you know people usually are very like that was you know they had a great time and then sometimes you'll see people go like i got really uncomfortable at these things and i'm like great yeah that means i still am doing it right, right, right at right. least to some degree yeah you know yeah. when they were like that part i really got i didn't like that I'm yeah like, oh good <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's like surfing i mean you can go out and you can you can ride the whitewash on a fucking boogie board uh-huh. and have a fun day sure but like if you really want to feel it you got to go out where the waves are yes you got to find that topic whether it's abortion or whether it's race yeah. or whatever you got to find that spot that makes you uncomfortable and then Bring that on stage. Like, I've always felt like that's where comedy should, for me, it started with what am I, and I think the watershed moment for me was when I went on Howard Stern, I said, like, what is something I would not even tell my best friend and then bring it on stage? Yeah. So I go on Howard Stern and I told this story about how when I was in college, like, I was really into Iggy Pop and David Bowie and, you know, the Stones. And there was a lot of, like, 
uh, there was a lot of like bisexuality that was happening. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I, and I'd had sex with a lot of different women and configurations of women. And I was like, and I was like, man, maybe I'll, what would it be like being with a guy, Mm -hmm. you know, you should try it. I was a drunk. I was doing drugs. I was like, I'd do anything. Sure. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to blow a guy, you know? (laughs) And so, and I didn't know who, because what was weird was like, I was, I was never attracted to guys. Like I had no draw whatsoever. Right. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not going to know unless I do it. Yeah. And so I, so I told this story on Stern and I had literally never, I had told my wife and two other people at dinner the week before. And my wife was angry at me that I had never told her this really? and that I shared it in front of another couple in front of her. That's how fucking bad this. So I, so I, I'm, I'm in college and I go, I'm walking home and I lived in the Fenway, which is in Boston, every, every major city. I don't know if Austin has this, but every major city has a small wooded area downtown mm-hmm. that was planted and grown for anonymous gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> New York City has the Brambles yeah. uh-huh. and Boston has the Fenway. Sure. It's behind Fenway Park. And I happen to live across the street from the Brambles. So I come home one night, it's like four in the morning, I'm stumbling drunk and I'm like, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and I just, w- I went straight into the woods and it was like, it was like a fall night. It was like spooky. There was like leaves dangling and, <laughs> and, 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 and I see shadows shifting in the woods. And, and I was like, I didn't know what the protocol was. I don't know how it works. So I just walk in and all of a sudden this guy just jumps up from behind a tree, like with his hands on his hips, like the gay elf, like yeah. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the dick. And yeah. I was like, all right, let's do it. And so he's standing there and he unzips his fly uh-huh. and he pulls out his dick. And I was like looking at it like, I guess, I guess this is it. And then he reaches in with his hand and he pulls his balls out. But, but he's still got his pants buttoned. So he's got balls and shafts sticking out of a fly, yeah. all being pushed together. Yeah. Like it looked, it, looked like, it looked like a guy with hairy shoulders yeah. and a bald head. It was, it was, and so I, I just looked at it and I was like, nope. No, no interest. I go, I, that, okay. that doesn't do it for me. And so then I got scared because I was in the woods in the middle of the night with yeah. a guy with his dick out. Yeah. And so I pushed him and he fell down <laughs> and then he got up and he ran off into the woods with his dick flopping <laughs> up and down. And I just, and I just stumbled out of the woods like, oh, no, I Jesus guess I'm Christ. not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got as close as someone can get to trying it. <laughs> as close. Yeah. I was yeah. like a foot away from this dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Man. yeah. Big What's, balls? Uh, big balls. <laughs> well, they were big. He was shrugging. He, yeah. I mean, they were, they were being oh, pushed right. up. By, by the fly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a push-up bra situation. Yeah, yeah. wow. What's the closest you ever got to being gay? I blew six guys in college. Six? Well, you have to know if you like it. You know? First one was weird. So I was like, yeah, let's do it five more times. Right. It's like Goldilocks. You got to go in each bed. And by the sixth one, I was like, this is gross. This is crazy. I don't don't think I'm into this. I don't like this at all. (laughs) Meanwhile, the seventh guy is like, fuck, man. Um, I was like, you know, I was thinking, I was talking about the gayest thing I've ever done. I think it was, it wasn't a, a sexual act. It was enjoying being hit on and like accepting it and not being like, yeah, oh, thanks, man. And yeah. like, all right, I appreciate it. It was like just, and it was actually, I think it was also in Boston. Yeah. Because I was, I was working in Boston right after college at a real estate place. 
we would go out and I remember being like hit on and just being like, this feels good. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like taking it in, you know, did like, the guy buy you a drink? Pro- yeah. Yeah. He bought me a drink and you know, and I just like, I guess I accepted it. I just was like, th- th- it was the attention. It right. was like, it was flattering attention. Right. And it was also, um, the type of attention that like, you know, pretty rare for a woman to come on to you like that. And he wasn't like, you know, being super, but I mean, he, he was just like staring and like, you know, compliment. And I think I just like, was like, yeah, feels good. Yeah. I just took it, you know? Yeah. And, that, and then I walked away. I was like, that was pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like a man like really coming on to me, you know? Have you ever watched gay porn? Um, no, I mean, well, we have a friend of the show who has uh, sent us clips of some of his work, but I haven't. Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot of women that go, they love watching gay porn. No shit. Yeah. There's a nut, like a, it's, it's a thing where some women go like, you know, great bodies and all, yeah. I'm like, and they don't care, I guess, that there's not a woman there. Right. But they, they enjoy it. Yeah. But I haven't like sat around and been like, I'm gonna watch some gay porn. Yeah. Um, I've had a, a lot of friends send me links to, uh, uh, trans porn. Trans porn. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who was like, I'm. I love this stuff. And I go, that's cool. I'm not into it. And he goes, check this one out. And I go, yeah, but I'm not into it. And he's like, you got to watch it. And I'm like, all right. And then I, he's like, wasn't that hot? I go, no, not to me. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Was it breasts and a penis? Yeah. Um, yeah. Breasts and a penis. And of course, now, I'm not saying that it didn't happen before, but even like more so now, I think there are, you can be completely fooled before that shot. Where yeah. like face oh, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. stunning, yeah. Right. breasts, body. You're like, wow. And then you're like, whoa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the whole brand of like the Thai lady boys. Yes. And they are gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, if you're in that situation, right. Where like, let's say you were like at a bar and you get to the room and then you're all fired up and then you drop your pants and then she drops her pants and you're like, oh shit. I'd Crying like, game. You're like, just... Uh, you suck at first, you know. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'm too tired to do yours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. I would. You go I'm first. Just, I'm so tired. You did such a good job. <laughs> I can't. You suck me dry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, all Are right. You, all right. Yeah. Or you do a 69, but it's like the laziest 69. Just, she's like, put it in your mouth. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this the six is doing a lot of sucking and playing with the balls, and the nine is right. just rolling his head back. Uh, uh, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm not against it. I'd try it. I'd try. Yeah, it. yeah. If yeah. I was in, I remember we were in uh, uh, Macau, and uh, we did a show. Where's Macau? Uh, China. Oh, and it's like their Vegas. Uh-huh. It's fucking unbelievable. I don't know if you can do an aerial shot of Macau. Um, the the uh, number of casinos, I believe they told us it was seven times the amount of Vegas. Seven Whoa. times. And you're like, what? No and kidding. It's the money laundering capital of the world. Damn. It's the only place that China allows exchange of currency and for you to leave with other currency. No So like kidding. if you go, if you're in Beijing and you're like, I want to trade $100,000 and they're like, uh-uh, that shit is staying. But if you go to Macau, you can do it. So wow. it's a huge like crime you know, mafia yeah. hang too. But I mean, that is, it's just like, 
Damn. It's nuts, dude. And it's, so it's a financial city or is it and just a gambling ga- city? Well, I, I'm, there's finance, but like huge, like gambling capital of the world. Wow. And the casinos are, you know, the Asian uh, community loves casinos and gambling. Like yeah. All the Las Vegas casinos cater to the Asian community. People don't even know that. If you look into the design, yeah. color pattern, everything is because Asians like it. Like they, eights are lucky, so like absolutely. the eighth floor has colors. All, and then yeah. you know, there's that famous MGM Grand story where they used to have the entrance used to be the lion's mouth, and the Asians were like, Mm-mm, "We don't want to walk into the lion's mouth." And they were like, "Take that shit down!" Really? And it was like fucking hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. And they're like, "Nope," yeah, because you can't keep like do anything that would you know keep yeah. Asians out of your casino. But we were there. Um, we did a show, and. Uh, and yeah, they were like, oh, you don't like this? No problem. Um, but uh, the bars were just full of, you know, lady boys and stuff. And, really? And you could not, like, we, you couldn't tell, dude. Yeah. We're all, they're, all, they're super aggressive. That's the only thing they tell you. Like, yeah, women aren't like this. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Like, uh, bio women aren't going to be this aggressive. Yeah. And then, but like, face, body, you had no idea. Right, right. You know, not until we fucked them. That's what we could tell. <laughs> it's like this clit is huge. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much the Asians have uh, have control over the U.S. in terms of like films that come out. They they go through scripts. Mm-hmm. The the Chinese movie industry has a say in big blockbuster movies. They come out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, they're like we will, like they didn't release that new Top Gun there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And it still is like a humongous box office smash. But they had some, I don't know if it was like a flag or something that China was like, uh-uh. And they were like, well, we're not taking it out. All right, then it won't play here. That's the biggest market in the world. Wow. Talk about gay porn. Did you see that movie? No. I didn't see Top the new Gun? one. I have, still haven't seen it. The f- right. with the f- Did you see the first one? Yeah, of course. Dude, when yeah. they're looking at each other and yeah. Val Kilmer like, chomps yeah, his yeah, teeth yeah. at Tom Cruise. And everyone's shirtless and sweaty. <laughs> yeah, they're playing volleyball and yeah. like close-ups of them rolling in the yeah. sand. Yeah. Yeah. Like dudes never, when, when do you see dudes doing that <laughs> ever? You know what else is funny about that movie was like, I remember, um, you know, there's always like the famous Star Wars scroll where they show, where they, 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 they they're like, the Top Gun program was developed in 1985 for, yeah. the, top, for the most elite pilots. And like, if you watch like a Ken Burns thing or something on PBS, like it scrolls really fast. You can uh. barely read it. Top Gun, they left it up for like four minutes, like three <laughs> sentences. That That's the audience. That is the audience, yeah. <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> Came out in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good stuff. Bunch of dummies watching that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's like that. Actually, is so rare that you have a probably like a movie that appeals to whatever gay fans and women wanting to see like right. dude like nothing comes out like that. Right. Really. Right. Magic Mike. Yeah. You know most. Well, there's a new one. Uh, Billy Eichner has a new movie out and I'm kind of curious to see how it does because it's the first like big budget mainstream gay movie. Really? About gay romance. It's about gay relationships and stuff. And I saw, and I, you know, and I heard about it from Judd because Judd produced it. And then, um, and then I saw the trailer and it doesn't shy away from like 
This is going to be about gay dudes making out and dancing and yeah. hitting on each other. And it's called Bros. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and it's uh, Billy is the star of it. Yes. Okay. And cool. is uh, it out now? I think so. I think it's out this week. Oh wow! This is a lot about gay on this podcast today, huh? So what? We're just bros, dude. So We're what? Just, right? We're just broing down. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about dudes. What's up? You know, you told me one time that you love nothing more than big black tits. And that's why I put out this Aretha Franklin album for you today. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you that? Yeah. So I switched it up for you. <laughs> now we're on to black tits. <laughs> yeah, you do love them, right? I do love black tits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as they're big, I guess I don't really care what color they are. Right. But look at those. Look at those Holy things. Shit. Whoa. There's a certain type of fat black woman that like you don't see other women looking like. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like it looks like she's got like people underneath that dress. Yeah. And and the, I guess also where you see them um still being confident. That's the thing is like a white fat right. lady knows to shuffle and look at the ground, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then a big fat black lady is like, I'm sexy. That's right. And you're like, Jesus That's right. Christ. Yeah. 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 You know, y Yamanika Saunders? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's like that. She's like a sexy black woman with a big body and yeah. she puts her Instagram feed as like her working out in some spandex and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and she, yeah, she makes it work. Yeah. But that, she's she's lost a lot. She's like been showing this workout program that she's been on. That's great. Dude, she's funny as shit. Really? Yeah, she's super her. funny. Have you ever dated a black woman? Uh, I hooked up with one in college. Oh. Yeah. Was, was that in the book? No. Yeah. They made me take it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> brand, Tom, um, brand. Uh, no, nah, she was she was she was really beautiful yeah yeah it was just one time yeah we we like would flirt a lot um through like a couple of years of college and then it was a uh, senior week ah. where we went to this and dude she uh <laughs> we're, we're staying at this place in myrtle beach there's like a bunch like 25 of us seniors yeah and i walk by the pool and she shoves me in one one day right like she's that's her playing and i was yeah. like All right. so in my mind i'm like i'm gonna get her back yeah well I go to shove her and she grabs me as I'm, as I'm shoving her. So I go in with her and she can't swim. Oh, and she is full, like full panic. But her panic is so like, I mean, picture a 10. Yeah. That she's like drowning me. Oh shit. Yeah. Like, so I had to actually shove her off. Right. And look like I was trying to kill her. Yeah. And then like, Get air, yeah, and then and and she was like frantically, and I was like, she was like, why'd you do that? I'm like, what do you mean? Why'd I do that? You shoved me in the pool. I shoved <laughs> you in the pool. Like, <laughs> wow, yeah. So did and that led to sex? Yeah, she was like, dude, she she was a, like really wanting to hook up. Yeah, and um, and then they were like uh, telling me that she's in the my room i was like what really mm. and she was in the shower in the shower in your room mm -hmm. 
She wasn't afraid of drowning. <laughs> yeah. Dude, can yeah. I tell you what happened at the beach? I was in Venice Beach last weekend, and uh, it's me and my wife and a couple friends. Beautiful day. I go out, riding some waves, and then all of a sudden the waves just, you know how sometimes they just come up out of nowhere and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm like, and the kind of waves where like, it tumbles you and you spin, and then as you come up, there's another one, and as you're trying to swim out, the, the undertow is pulling you, pulling you back, back out into the wave. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, it's like terrifying. And I start to panic a little bit. And then I hear from behind me, help. And I turn around and there's this dude and he's got on swim goggles and he's slapping the water and he's going down. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I didn't turn around because now <laughs> I got to do it. And, and meanwhile, like I when I was a teenager, I took the, um, the junior lifeguard training program. Uh-huh. And me and my friends used to get high every morning before the class. Our parents made us take it. We get high before the class. Totally fucked around. And so I failed the uh, written part of the test. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then I failed the physical part of the test as well. <laughs> okay, so okay. I failed it. Yeah. And so, but I learned enough so that sure. I knew, I knew like exactly what you said. I knew that if I approached him head on, he was going to take me down. Yeah. So I said to him, I go, you got to turn around for me. I go, turn around. And I get him in a cross chest carry. I said, just lean back and relax. And I start doing the side stroke. And then a wave comes, big fucking wave. And I'm like, dude, hold your breath. We're going to go under. Just relax. We go under, tumbled. I look for him, grab him again, side stroke. And this goes on. Two minutes doesn't sound like a long no, period but of time. And that, that it is. Yeah. We got hit by like five waves and it just and I kept stroking. And I was making a little bit of progress each time. And then and 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 my muscles. There was no oxygen left. It was pure exhaustion. Yeah. And I finally got to the part of the beach where like my feet could touch the ground. And so now I can't even swim. And so I'm leaning into them and I'm pushing them out of the water and the waves are coming. All of a sudden the lifeguard boat pulls up and some young tan stud dives out of the water, knocks me out of the way, grabs my guy. Yeah, <laughs> and pulls him in. And the whole and the, everybody on the beach is clapping away. You're like giving them hand jobs and yeah. I'm out there and I get sucked back into the wave. No. And now I'm like, I'm like, Hey, what the fuck? What about <laughs> me? And so like, I finally like pulled my way out and I like walk back, you know, walking against that undercurrent sometimes yeah. can be, exa- I had nothing left. And I, and I see the guy on the, on the, uh, on the beach and he gets up and he gives me this big hug and his, his goggles are like filled with water. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a mess. And he's like, you saved my life, man. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. How old was he? He was like late 30s, black guy, shaved head. Swim goggles is not a good sign in the ocean. No. That's a sign of an amateur. That's a real really amateur. Understand. Yeah. yeah. In shape? like uh, In shape, but he had a belly. Yeah. But he was like, wow, he was really like panicking. and He was done. I mean, when I pulled him, he wasn't struggling. He wasn't helping. He was just dead weight. Jesus. Yeah. I got caught. Did you tell him you like big black tits? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, why are you giving me mouth to mouth? I've been out of the water for five minutes now. (laughs) Uh, I got caught in uh, that undercurrent. So it was, it was in, uh, in Palm beach, dude. um, I'm just like in the shallow part. I used to go out a little more. I'm like, I'm enjoy this ocean, you know, just like floating, swimming. And there's like decent waves. And I float out a little bit. And the waves are, are decent size, so I'm like, I'm going to start going back. 
I start swimming and it's and the the current is strong, so I'm like, damn. And it's a little deep, so I swim a little more. And when I I finally am able to touch the ground, I try to walk and the current's too strong, so yeah. it pushes me back. So I I know like don't try to fight it too hard. So I let it I let it push me back, and it takes me back like ten feet. And I start to swim again, and it's like wave undercurrent, and I go back again. So now I'm like. 20 feet further back than I was. And I try to walk and I'm, I'm just like, I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah. And I'm starting to actually feel that I'm panicking a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Because like, I, I feel comfortable in the water. You know, I'm not like a amateur in swimming. I used to swim. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like out of sort, like, oh my God, what do I do yeah. here? But that panic started yeah. to rise and I, I kept letting it push me. So now I let it like kind of push me to the right as opposed to back. Uh-huh. And that's still the current. Yeah. It's still. And at one point I'm like, and, I, and I, a lifeguard is sitting in the, you know, in his tower. Yeah. And he gets down and he looks and he goes like, you okay? And I had, I, I took a second and I, I was walking and I was trying to, and I finally got footing where I was able to get a little momentum so I got a few, and I, I went like this. And then when I came up, I was like breathing hard. And I was like, dude, I, I was about like half a second from asking you to come in. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it looked, a, it looked like it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's a big, this is a big undercurrent here. Right. That's, it's wide. I mean, it was like a hundred yards wide. Yeah. And it was taken, it was fucking terrifying. Well, once you panic, then your breathing becomes shorter. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not stroking as well. You're, 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 you're taking little strokes. Mm-hmm. And they say that the thing to do in that kind of, well, first of all, you look for the waves that are crashing into each other because that's where the, what do they call that? The, uh, a rip a rip current. Yeah. Which means the waves are coming at each other and then they're sucking straight out. Yeah. And if you're in that, the best thing to do is actually swim out to sea. Swim out. Yeah, swim out and then go around the rip current. Yeah, I think I was, I, I could conceive of that but I wasn't going as far as I needed to go to get out of that current, yeah, right? right. And I also, I had never felt that level of uh, panic in the, like I'd always thought of it as fine, you know? Yeah. I wasn't nervous or anything. And that day I was fully panicked. Yeah. No, it's traumatic. It's, the ocean's no joke, man. The ocean is a strong bitch. Yeah. And I went back to the ocean a couple of days ago I uh, went back with my wife and I went in the water and the waves were kind of big. And like, I found myself not able to go out. I was like, I got some PTSD. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's going to take me a while to get back in the water again. When you uh, helped that guy, which which beach were you at? Venice Beach. You were in Venice Beach? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he was probably homeless. Probably. Why'd you save him? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to drown. I could have been part of the solution. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least he was clean. Yeah. You know? Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. Finally, <laughs> for once in his life. Yeah. Yeah. But are you a swimmer? No, I mean, like, you know, so I swam. I was a swim team kid when I'm like seven, eight, nine years yeah. old. So I was, I mean, in pools, very comfortable in the in the pool, you know, like I just, it was part of routine. Yeah. Just swimming all the time. I mean, I didn't stay on the swim team as I got older, but always swam and was very comfortable in the water i mean they you know we we got the training we were swimming all the time and then the ocean i always enjoyed i mean i didn't you know i wasn't like 
like obsessed with the ocean. I didn't surf or anything, but again, like it's just, I, I wasn't somebody who was like, ah, I don't want to go in the water. You know, yeah. it just felt normal to me. Right. So, but I, I mean, I've snorkeled, um, um, you know, I, d- I didn't get, get uh, scuba certified or anything, but you know, snorkeling was, was a blast. I did yeah. it, I did it in multiple places Yeah. and always enjoyed it. I never quite felt that level of, of panic as that. Have you taught the kids to swim? Yeah. So the oldest is like really good now. And uh-huh. the little dude is, he's, he's, he's in lessons now. Like he's doing yeah. them every week. So he'll, he'll probably be good to go. I think in a few more months. He, yeah. The sooner you can teach your kids to swim, the better. Absolutely. Cause you never know when they're going to end up in the pool unattended or something. Yeah. Oh, it's you terrifying. Know, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he, little guys like getting pretty good at it. So yeah. I think he'll be there soon enough. Right. Yeah. And to shoot, to shoot a gun at yeah. this age is key. Key. Yeah. 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 Line up some homeless and let her rip. <laughs> I was Thanks. just, Rogan took me to the range. I hadn't, I'd never been to a range before. In LA or In here? LA. He was to, out. To Taryn? When, when, when we saw you at that, at that birthday party. The next day, he took me out to a range. Is that Taryn Tactical? The, the right, guy the that guy? teaches like yeah. Wick, uh, yeah, yeah, John it's Wick and yeah, all that's that. him right there. Yeah, Taryn Butler. Yeah, yeah, and his assistants, the Ukrainian women. Oh yeah, yeah, who were wearing way less than they're wearing right there. And the the thing is, you go, you first see them, you're like, come on, and then they're all like precision shooters, like crazy. The, yeah. Not just good shots, but like they move from target to target. They're like running around yeah. shooting. And, uh, and it was, it was so much fun. It was, um, it's a blast, dude. Yeah. It is so fun. They, they do such a, he does an amazing job there. And honestly, you see those women and you're like, for real. And then they're training you and you see like yeah. how good they are. Like some yeah. of them are competitive world-class shooters. Right. Yeah. And he is other fucking level. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun, fun, <laughs> uh, what's her name? Tatiana, I think. Yeah. She's Ukrainian. Yes. Yeah. Um, she was there. Yeah. And, uh, and I shot this. It was a AK-47 body, but it had like a shotgun on it. Mm-hmm. So you could go like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, he's got all the toys. Crazy. He's got all the toys, dude. Yeah. It is, it is, it's the most fun. Yeah. And then he sets up like courses. That's, dude, you know what I did there one time? They're like, so they give you, if you're standing around, you know, you'll holster your gun and they'll give you um, like a plastic gun. Yeah. To just get used to the motion. So he'll be like, you know, go through like, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to go to this target, then you're going to move here, then you want to move here. And then it's like making your footwork, practice your footwork to go from here to here. You yeah. don't want to take too many steps and delay through it. So they're like, just practice while we set up. And I was doing that and I put the plastic gun down and I grabbed my real gun. And they're like, yeah, just go through it. And I just go, boom. And I was like, <gasps> and they're like, no like, shit. Yeah, it was like during a practice. No one was out there. Yeah. But like I was, it, it scared me so yeah. much that I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Really? Like, for the day. I was for like, the I, day. They, yeah. I was like, I'm done. And they're like, no. Nah. And then they encouraged me to come back. But I, uh-huh. I felt so guilty and yeah. embarrassed and everything that yeah. I had done that. Yeah. It was terrifying. Right. Yeah. Right. I was like, fuck. You feel humili- humiliated by yeah. it, you know? But uh, it's it's a blast, dude. He he has he's really like a teacher, is what it is, you know. Yeah. And he makes you. The reason the studios send their their actors there is like he he realize you realize that most people, if they're not experienced, they have a, the wrong idea of like how guns are held. Right. So you look goofy as shit. And if you're going to be in a movie where you're a marksman, he's like, no one's going to believe it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 
You know, he's like people holding their guns like this. Oh, like I that. hate the sideways yeah, the sideways shot. or their thumbs in the wrong place. He's yeah. like, that's not how you hold a gun. But I didn't realize uh, how difficult, like I got it after a while, but I found the handgun really hard to aim. And I realized like all those movies where people are not experienced with guns and they're pulling it out and they're shooting multiple. It's like, no, it Fantasy. does not work like doesn't that. doesn't work like that. Yeah. No, then- all the best shooters. It's like anything else. Everybody who shoots really well shoots all the time. Yeah. The, like there's no such thing as like I'm precision 95% and I just pick it up once in a while. No, yeah. Those, but the people who are great at it are like him. Yeah. They're pulling it out every day. Right. Yeah. And the speed with which he does. Oh my God, dude. Like we would do these uh, set up targets and, you know, first time I get it uh, nine seconds and then. I don't know. After all these runs, I'm able to trim off a couple of seconds. He's like, that's really fucking good. I go, I want to see you do it. Yeah. Dude. It's like two seconds. You just did all those in two seconds. He's like, well, you know, I'm kind of out of practice. I'm like, yeah. It's like he's he's won like national championships multiple times. Yes. Yeah. He's a world-class guy. Yeah. It's like you go and, you know, you see like a professional golfer. You really realize what it is to shoot like a 62 and you're like, oh, okay. This is not. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you golf? I used to. I used to do it more. Um, I haven't done it now in, in years. I, it's like I fantasize about the whole environment of it. Yeah. Like going out there with friends and having like a, a you know, a chill afternoon. Yeah. But I haven't done it in a long time. Yeah. I got a cousin who uh, just, he turned pro like four or five years ago. This kid named Denny McCarthy he came in like sixth place in the US Open this year. Wow. He's really good. He's like he, they they say he's like one of the best putters in the on the tour. Really? Yeah. I've yeah. been doing the opposite of golf. I've been going to the racetrack uh-huh. and driving a race car. Oh so, no shit! Yeah, Bert got me a race car. So what do you mean he got you a race car? He bought me a race car for my birthday. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Uh, Dude, I was going to ask you to reimburse me for the Uber ride over here. Yeah, there it is, right there. The yeah. money you guys are throwing around. What kind of car is it? It's a spec E46. It's like basically a BMW 330i that's been like stripped down. No it, shit. Yeah. Well, I took it to uh, Damn. Harris Hill and <laughs> spent four hours there. That was my golfing. I was just like, <laughs> you know, just like, break, 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 break. Throttle, throttle, throttle. Like that, wow. yeah. So it's, it's kind of not soothing, but it's fun as shit. You know? How many gears? That is a, what is that, six speed? No. I think five, actually. Five speeds? I think so. We never, you know, we never got it in the fifth, so that's why I don't even know. It's a, a racetrack? Like a yeah, curb? a real race. It's called Harris Hill. Uh-huh. So um, they, with that track and that car, I mean, the most we got it into was fourth. And you're, you're basically in second, third, and fourth. Yeah. Uh, for most of it. That's the track there, yeah. It was fun as shit, man. That's amazing. Was yeah. there anybody else on the track when you were doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Other, so you were passing people and other drivers, but everybody's doing, we weren't in a race. So yeah. everyone's just doing times. Like yeah. Just trying to get times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I spun out. You fucking, did? Oh, yeah. We have it all on video. What's on the borders? Is it like, hey, just fucking metal? Grass. Yeah. Just, just off, you know, into the grass. Shit. But then, like, you know, he was a good coach and he um, helped me, like, you know, really quickly, like, how to recover, how to, avoid that right and so we were recovering like right he's like oh you just you just save that spin out you know is it a street legal car no so you just leave it at the track yeah 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 
It's got a trailer and stuff. So <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. God damn. I think I'm going to get another one. I mean, let's forget about the car for a second and talk about podcasting because we all started out the first time I did your podcast. Yeah. It was at this dumpy, what was it? El Segundo? Where did you guys live? It was a, it was a, a guest house in Redondo beach. You told me you felt very sad when you were there. It was so sad. Yeah. It felt like an old lesbian lived there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, I think there was, wasn't there a cat or something? No dog. There was it was a dog. a dog. And I yeah. just felt, I felt profound sadness because <laughs> you guys were a couple and I felt like what's going to happen to them, yeah. you know? <laughs> And now you're buying race cars with your friends. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. This whole, I mean. We did How to Be a Grown Up for 500 bucks an episode. I know, dude. Where we had to work all week and write jokes. Yeah. True, true TV? For True TV. Yeah, and we were like, thank God this check cleared. And we were like, yeah. this is great. I know. It's, it is insane <laughs> how, how everything it is yeah. crazy. Look at my fat ass right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were big then. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm living in that sad house. So, like, you know what I mean? I'm just sad. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. yeah, I was looking sharp back then. You look good, dude. Yeah. What is that, 2012? Sounds about right. Right, so that's about 10 years I'll tell ago. you, that show was good in terms of writing because they would give you all these topics yeah. about being an adult, and it was like, they were topics that if I were to give myself a writing exercise for my own standup, I would say, write about what it's like to buy health insurance and yeah. what, what insurance me. And so I was cranking out material. Yeah. And I was using it in my act. Also, I have to say, I was, this is before I had any special come out or yeah. anything like that. I was surprised, honestly, at the number of people on the road who came up to me about that show. Yeah. It was happening a lot to me. Really? People, well, I mean, like I didn't, I wasn't on anything else really. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd yeah. done stand up on Comedy Central a few times and a couple late night spots, but like people would come up to me and I would not know and they'd go, Oh, I love the True TV. I love the True TV. True TV. I'm like, Really? Like, yeah. It just surprised me that it had an audience that was engaged. Right. For right. like a talking head, you know, show like that. Yeah. People were watching it. Yeah. Did it last? A few, it was a few seasons. Yeah. We did a few seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the makeup artist, she was uh, she was the personal makeup artist for a celebrity. I won't say who it was. Yes. But she used to talk shit. She it was did. great. She would she would give you some good inside she shit. She was also, she was a big lady. Yeah. And uh, she would do this thing every time where I came in the studio. She'd go, are you hot? And I was like, um, I don't know. She goes, Tom's hot. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and then the next day she's like, it's hot, right? And I'm like, I mean, I think you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd be like, Tom's hot. Crank the air. I was like, you can just say that you're hot. <laughs> you can just say you're menopausal. It's, yeah, fine. it's fine. Yeah. Tom's hot, everybody. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. Those were those crews where it would be like, the guy who had written the episode was also directing it. Oh, he was yeah. running a camera. Bare bones, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was some run and gun shit. Yeah, and I had, I, I don't know about you, but I had like my preferred producer like who just i felt like got it and was yeah and then the guy who i was like oh you're i don't think you're as fun i don't like you as much yeah yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Don't, I don't want to work with you yeah but yeah it was i know grant go, taylor was the guy i liked he was a producer on it that i used to like to I work forget with. forget their names yeah um i forget that, well, that was fun though he was a boston comic when i started out so i oh, know i knew him from way back when that's perfect there was this group of guys when i was starting in boston that that worked 
David Cross had this group called Cross Comedy that mm-hmm. they that they they used to do sketches at Catch Rising Star on Monday nights, and it was like this crazy collection of people, and they were all broke. They were all living in like one shitty apartment in Cambridge, and it was like David Cross, Mark Marin, Louis C.K., Janine Garofalo, uh, Jonathan Groff, who's like one of the biggest showrunners in Hollywood right now. Um, and it was like crazy, the talent. And these guys used to put on these sketch shows that were, it kind of turned into Mr. Show. Uh-huh. A lot of the same guys that that worked with David. Um, was it before Mr. Show? It was before, well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of was like, it led to um, some of the guys that were on it were like David Waterman and uh, Paul Kozlowski, I think ended up working on uh, Mr. Show as well. That was a great show. What's that? Mr. Show, you ever uh, see that? I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Man. When I when I got to LA, and you're just kind of I, I did I hadn't, you know, that was, this is where I LA were sorry, it was where I started comedy. So I and I went in the Groundlings. Yeah. And I'm doing classes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and, wow. and and I I got, you know, I discovered or I I'd, I'd seen some but I was like I want to study this show and I just went and I rented every single single season episode and Yeah. It was, oh, I was like obsessed with it. Yeah. It was so funny, man. Yeah. And the way they would tie things together, I was like, how the fuck did they do this? I know. It was like a little puzzle. You try to look at why, why did this transition into that? It was like Monty Python in that way. You know, it was like non sequitur, but then there were kind of things that kind of streamed it together. And they were so smart and, and, and still like so edgy and fun, like the, the mix of it, you know, yeah. like was like the blend that they had was yeah, I, I so admired that show, dude. Yeah. So good. And they had, uh, yeah, Sarah Silverman did a bunch. Yeah, they had great cast, like regulars. Marilyn Ricecob. Yes. Um, and then there was this one guy uh, who turned into one of the January 6th insurrectionists. Really? Yeah, Jay, uh, Jay Johnson. Is that the big dude? Yeah. 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 He, he was an insurrectionist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He- <laughs> Like he thought nobody was going to recognize him. Jesus he's Christ. like a TV star and he's storming the Capitol. Wow. That dude. Yeah. He kind of looks like he's ready for it. Yeah. yeah. That's him right there. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I guess he probably doesn't like hang out with David anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think their views diverged a little bit. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so funny the way people got uh, snagged on that when they would be like, it's a photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you're there. I know you can't get away with anything anymore. I feel bad for kidnappers. Yeah, I mean, imagine trying to kidnap today. Yeah, like every playground is like loaded with cameras, and it sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah, like even you you realize like to be like a, a like a if you want to be like a top tier serial killer too. Yeah. I mean, you have to like rethink the way everything, like you're going to be followed, you're going to be tracked, there's digital, you know, trails that you leave if you use a credit card, Yeah. if you park somewhere, yeah. and you got to be like ditching cars, wearing mm-hmm. disguises, Yeah. all because you you, you're trying to, you know, seek your, your, your purpose, you know? They say, follow your dream, and yet, how, how am I, I mean, how are they supposed to? Exactly. I mean, the mask was a gift. Yes. Masking became so you could at least walk around disguised. And you could go into banks and stuff yeah. with a mask on. Right, First right. time they could be like, you could ask you to take your mask off in You're a right. bank. Now, I mean, the whole thing, if you really want to kill, you have to abandon patterns, yep. which is really difficult. Right. I mean, Israel Keys, he would kill. 
and <laughs> he had no pattern, which was yeah. really wild. Right. He would kill someone in Montana and then yeah. in Maine. Yeah. And then in Arkansas. Yeah. And then he would kill in different manner. I mean, it was really he was really doing something. It's special. like trying to guard LeBron. Yeah. You just don't know what, what what's he gonna what's bring. What's he gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna he could pull up for a three, a jump, drive it to the basket. Yeah. You just don't know with yeah, this guy. Yeah. 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 I yeah. I would say like the amount of shows about serial killers and the amount that you can learn from them has really been a gift also, I think, for the serial killers. Like yeah. you can really do some research because you're taking the greatest minds yeah. in TV. They get some brilliant people yeah. and they are studying case histories uh, of how to get away with a serial killer. Yeah. And they are putting it on the screen for you like a DIY video. Did you watch the new Dahmer series? No. <laughs> I heard. It's fantastic. Yeah, I heard. It is fantastic. That guy who's playing him is really phenomenal. I, I I didn't know who it was, but he he does an amazing job. And they um, man, he was just so removed of emotion. Yeah, I moved there the year he got killed, uh, pinched, like the way he, the year he got arrested. Where was that? Milwaukee. Uh-huh. That was then I moved there in 91. Really? Yeah. And then this story, I mean, he, I'm in the suburbs and he's uh-huh. downtown, but yeah. I mean, that was uh, Evan Peters is the actor playing Jeffrey Dahmer in the new Netflix series. It's really good and man, fucking terrifying guy. I hear they don't use music, which makes it kind of creepier. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, my friend Rob Dukes sent me that. He goes, you got to watch it and notice that there's no music. I remember this story that they show in the series, and it was highlighted a lot afterwards, which is that one time he had gotten a guy, uh, he would, you know, he would spike their drink. Uh-huh. They would get fucking out of it, and he'd start to torture them, and then he'd eventually kill them. Yeah. And this guy escaped, and the police brought him back and gave him back to Dahmer. You mean like he ran out of his house? He ran out of his house, but he was naked or wearing underwear <laughs> and he was, you know, out of it because yeah. he had been drugged. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this gay shit, you know, yeah. look, look at these. And they, he was like, we don't want to deal with these gays. All right. Brings him back to the apartment. He's like, is this your boyfriend? And he's like, yeah, you know, Damn. and he's like, well, he's in the street naked and he's out of it. So he's like, take your gay shit and shut the door. We don't want to deal with this, you know, Whoa. brought him back. And then Dahmer killed him. No shit. Yeah. That's like a Silence of the Lambs storyline. The, the, the scariest fucking thing ever that you would be brought back. Yeah. By the police. Yeah. Right. You know, and they're like, are you going to arrest this guy? He's like, no, we're going to give him back to the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he had, yeah, he had this just bodies in his apartment. He was killing people in an apartment. Yeah. Not a house. I know. You know, and they, it really makes you realize that you're not using your space wisely. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. we have a sub zero fridge, and I just feel like it's not streamlined. No, yeah. Think about what you could put in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do like a chopping block on top of it or something. Sure. For the body parts, and then get it right into the free. But I just, it, it's again, the serial killers are some of the greatest minds. Really, really imaginative guys. Yeah. 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 It, it makes you wonder if they didn't go into that, if like the really prolific ones didn't go into killing, could they have used that mind for anything else yeah. that, that wasn't killing? Right. And what could that be? I don't know. It's like they're, they're so good at like, you know, figuring out how to get away with something. It's like you right. got to be good at something else too. Well, that was cool about that movie uh, with Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what was it called? Uh, American Psycho, was it? Oh, yeah. That one? Yeah, because he was he was that mindset, but he yeah. was a super successful businessman. So you oh, saw right. you saw what he could do. It's such a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I only saw it recently for the first time. Really? Like, it's really big with like the new generation. Like oh, my kids man. are really into oh, it. Oh, yeah. This is a, I mean- I think I've seen this movie like 30, 40 times. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were obsessed with it. I think it was, uh, must have come out when I was in high school. Uh-huh. And it was like a routine kind of like, you want to watch American, like over yeah. and over. Yeah, yeah. Reservations at Dorcia, all that. Sh- 2000, sorry. I was in college. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. I and mean, he starts off just like his routine and looking at himself. He's such a narcissist. Yeah. And, you know, all of it, dude. The, uh, I mean, I what is it? The Huey Lewis and the news like that <laughs> yeah, yeah, way yeah. He breaks that down. Yeah. The cards, you know, his jealousy over the guy having a better business card, yeah. like all those little details with this, the, the extreme close up on uh-huh. the card and he's fingering it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it was a very well-written movie. It was like a real, you know, it was a real study. Yeah. It's, and he's, it is hilarious too. It's so yeah. funny. Right. But he fucking, yeah, he's awesome in it. I was me with Scarface. When I was in high school, we watched Scarface, I think every Friday night for like two years. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Don't you think that movie actually aged? Oh, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. It's real cheesy, right? Like corny. Well, because it's so fucking long. Yeah. It's it's like three and a half hours long. And uh, And the soundtrack is kind of like that that theme song's kind of corny. It doesn't have like that timeless feel to it. No. Or what about this, the comedy? The stand-up comedy in the nightclub before the shooting. Oh, I don't it's Richard remember. Belzer. Is it? Yeah. And it's Richard Belzer up on stage doing like really bad crowd work. <laughs> He's ridiculous in it though. I mean yeah. Pacino's fucking yeah. amazing. And Michelle Pfeiffer's amazing in it yeah. also. Yeah. Oh, there he is. He's just working the crowd. Yeah. The bells. The bells, oh, dude. Jesus, look at him now. <laughs> Come on. Damn. Come on, man. <laughs> What a career he's had, man. He went from stand-up... Here's the thing. like You want that kind of role on a TV show where you're not carrying it. You're just showing up. You're just like a a relief pitcher. You come in, you hit some funny lines. Especially if you're like in your 60s or 70s. Yeah. Yeah, what do I do here? Yeah. All right, just come in here and tell the guy he's under arrest. Right. We got you. (laughs) And he's gone from series to series. How old is he? He's got to be 70 now. He's got to be... Oh, 78. 78? Yeah, dude. He was the guy in New York City, like, you know, because I grew up going to the comedy clubs when I was a teenager. I'd go to Catch a Rising Star and the Improv, and, like, he was the house MC at, I think it was Catch a Rising Star, and he was considered, like, the best comic in the city. And this is when Seinfeld was running around. Really? And Paul Reiser. Like, there was all these, like, killer comedians. But, but the Bells was the best because that style of comedy back then was crowd work and he was just he had this New York cool about him. Yeah. And he did like stuff about race and he he was he was a great comic. Wow. Damn. Yeah, he's like 80 he's 80 That's years old amazing. basically. Amazing. Yeah. And he's still on TV, right? Yeah, he's on a new series now. Another Law and Order one? Yeah. Wow. Yep. That is the cushiest way to finish working on a TV series like that. Yep. Show up fucking six on the call sheet you're like mm-hmm. no problem yeah. my buddy just got one of those my friend matt malloy 
He's uh he's on that new show. You've probably seen the billboards for Alaska Daily mm-hmm. with um uh Hillary Swank. And it's oh. a big ABC show. It's a one hour drama. And my buddy just landed like a yeah, like six on the call sheet kind of gig. Oh great. He's up in Vancouver. Well, I think it's crazy is that these shows come out now and you're like, who watches these shows? Yeah, I know. Because like the the streamer stuff is so high level. Yeah. And and Everybody can either get it or can get access to a password. And there's no commercials. There's no commercials. And the quality of the production and the writing and the talent, yeah. you're like, fucking A. Who, you see these shows come out year after year. I'm like, who the hell is I watching know. this? I just saw like somebody with a multicam and you're like. A stage sitcom. Yeah. It just feels like, really feels like a jumping back in time. Yeah, I mean, right. When you have the options to watch things like we do now, yeah, it just seems crazy. I know it's, uh, but I still think there's a there's room for a multi camera to come back. I just think it has to be done right. You yeah, know? it does. I mean, they. I mean, I'll tell you, like in my experience with like with Netflix, they're like, it's. Uh, oh yeah, you had a deal a few years ago, right? Well, I had one where they offered the show, and I they they were like, here's the offer, like, make it, make the show. Here's the, you know, good money. No shit. Yeah. Like this, this was a, it was last year. And um, I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I, I turned it down, but I didn't turn it down just because it's a multicam. I mean, there's other reasons, but the whole thing with, with them is that I didn't realize they told me that the, you know what the most like watched shit on Netflix has been? Right. Uh, Friends when it was there, The Office. Yeah. It's like sitcoms that people have all, that have aired right. that are just super popular. And so that's why they're like, we want, this is obviously something people will get into right. if it's the right one. Yeah. So they're willing to make them, you know? So they're willing to make them on the network with the hope that they get a second life on a streamer. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the streamer is saying like, if we make it here and it's a hit, we're golden. Yeah. You know, because we'll just keep making that. We yeah. want a six, seven series run of a multicam that people love, yeah, you know, because they have that problem with with um they have these huge, you know, production big set piece uh, single cam shows, and then what'll happen is if it's not a monster hit, you know, they always get in they're in the trades and everything for canceling, yeah, but they're like, yeah, I mean, this shit costs fucking eight million an episode, and yeah, it's not a hit. Why are we gonna keep making it? Right. They're always waiting for like the orange is the new black. House of Cards, you know, right. Mindhunter, the one, the show that everyone is talking about and watching. Right. Those are hard to, you don't get those every year. No. You know, like the, uh, 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 what's it called? A Game of Thrones is like, that's a special thing that happens. Yeah. So they're always trying to make that happen, but it fucking costs a fortune. Stranger Things, holy shit. Yeah. They're spending 30 million an episode on that. I know. Well, the new, the new uh, um, uh, Hobbit movie, Hobbit, what do you call it? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. That's apparently the most expensive show ever made. Really? Yeah, I can't remember what the numbers are, but it's crazy what they're spending. And is Peter but, Jackson obviously doing it or no? Uh, He's got to be producing I don't know. it. I didn't see it. I, I heard it's Oh, good. my God. $715 million for eight for eight episodes. Bro, so that's almost way a, more. Almost $100 million an episode. Whoa. That is way more than anything I've ever... Like, that is... So much more. It's the most expensive show ever made. Fuck, imagine the catering. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I've written on shows for 20 years, and when you're writing on a good network show, it there is no better life. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's long hours, but that, it's like you show up to set and there's somebody bro. coming around with freshly baked muffins. Look at this. House of Dragon is 20 million episodes. Dude, that show is dull. Have you watched it? No. It is so dull. I stopped uh, Game of Thrones season three. Did you really? Yeah. Damn. I just, I, just, I don't know. I lost interest. Wow. I, it's hard. I mean, I feel like if you're not in, the, like, oh my God, hooked. It, and there's so we have so many options yeah and our lives are busy yeah, yeah. it's like it's i can you can fall out i can fall out really easy i know my wife gets mad at me because i fall i fell out of a series the uh the old man with uh jeff bridges i watched yeah. seven out of the eight episodes and then i said i'm done and she was fucking yelling at you me. you watched seven out of yeah. eight i was like it just it, it went off the rails you, you lost it I'll watch, uh, there is a series called Big Fat Black Tits, and I have seen <laughs> every single episode. It's You've phenomenal. You've seen the first 12 minutes yeah, of I'll every give episode. You a, I'll give you a password. It's really good. How do they end? Have you well, seen the endings? I've never seen an ending. I, I always tap out, but it's, it's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, you'll like it. I wish they could make it in 3D. I'd wear the goggles. That's something you want your wife to walk in on. <laughs> what are you doing? You got to put the goggles on. You will get it if you want. I had to try it with the Oculus. Have you seen, you know, that, that's supposed to be yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, man. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Technology, man. It's so exciting. <laughs> I'm so far behind it all. Is that Lord of the Rings thing out or that's coming out? I think it's out. It's out? Yeah. $715 million budget? Yeah. I mean, wow. it makes you have to like it that much more because you're resenting how much they spend. It's on out. It. Yeah. Man. Like when I know a show's that expensive, I've got a chip on my shoulder when yeah. I'm watching yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Bezos had to sell a brick for that one, right? Yeah, That's right. Fucking, that is in, that is Shit. incredible. Yeah. Uh, now now I'm I'm gonna go watch that. I have to just to see. Yeah. And I yeah, I better be blown the fuck away. I would say it how was, is that the how is that the budget? Well, I think they saved money on how to be a grown-up. They took the... Uh... <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> what are they doing in this show where it's that? I mean, it's like, how? Um, just extras. Dude, when I, I've written on a couple HBO shows... HBO spends money. Yeah. Like we did when we did Crashing, we had an we had a scene where John Mulaney was playing. We needed John Mulaney to do stand up. Yeah. And so they rented Town Hall, which is 1500 yeah. seats, filled it with extras for like a 30 second shot of John really? Mulaney doing stand up. Wow. Yeah. And then I did and then I heard about um there was a great series called Boardwalk Empire that that had Steve Buscemi in it. And they were shooting, and I did my one hour. You ever do the Tarrytown Music Hall? Yes. Tarrytown Music Hall is where I did my one hour special. And they had, uh, they redressed it for Boardwalk Empire because they were shooting, again, like a 40 second clip of the theater. Yeah. They reupholstered the whole thing, everything in like what would have been vintage material, the curtains, the lighting. They had to buy specific lights and replace all the lights. The, it was crazy. You got to respect that. Yeah. That's incredible. Dude, that was a good series. Boardwalk Empire. What's up with that dude's face? He was in World War I and he got uh, blown apart. Jesus. Yeah. And he was, uh, he's a sniper. He's a killer. Is that makeup though or is his face really like that? 
In real life? Yeah. No, I think it's makeup. Okay, good. <laughs> Do you think that that's how they're doing the casting now? It's it nowadays. Is your face I, all I, fucked up? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because you have to be gay to play a gay yeah, character. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even fucking the Asians get mad when a white guy plays them. They're out right, of control, man. Right. Yeah, that's a big And when one. they get mad, they get mad. They get mad. Yeah. Yeah. They like to chat online. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. They have all the computer skills. They know what they're doing. Remember when they used to be quiet? Yeah. Yeah. How we liked them? Yep. <sighs> Things have changed. Technology. <laughs> technology. God damn it. Uh, yeah. I remember when it was just, you know, nice being white. You know oh, I mean? it was so good. We had it so good for so long. It really was up until 15 is that when the shift started, right? 2015. Like, or maybe no, the shift no, started 05. 17. Oh, oh, really? You think so? I mean, in terms of, in terms of not working. Yeah. Like, I think it's really only the last like four years. Yeah. Where really like you're seeing diversity, which look, you know, it was time. Yeah. I was in a lot of all white male writing rooms for over a lot of years. Yeah. It's time for some diversity. But it's also time. But to not look. on camera. Right. Like, I just want to see, I like <laughs> a diverse writing room, but I still want to see who I want to see. You know what I mean? Other than the fat black tits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Everything should be white except for the two fat black tits. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is that a lot? Is that <laughs> not inclusive? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, whatever. I can't even share my opinions anymore. Right, right. Yeah. So tough. So yeah. It's tough out here. It's hard. Um, yeah, but writer's room has, have changed for sure, right? Like those. Oh, uh, yeah. And that is better. It's better. Well, I know on, on uh, Big Mouth, they had a character on the show who was, one parent was black and one parent was Jewish. Mm -hmm. And the woman that was uh, doing the character was Jewish, but she wasn't black. And she stepped down and apologized for um, social, what do you call it? A, a, oh, appropriating or appro like, I don't know. Right? Appropriate, appropriate. Appropriation. Appropriation. Right. Yeah, she stepped down and they brought Jenny in. Slate, a, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they brought in a black actress. She said, playing a half black as a white woman is an act of erasure of black people. Oof. Yeah. But she's Jewish. She is Jewish. And the character is half Jewish. Yeah. Well. Kudos to her. I wouldn't have stepped down. Fuck been, no. Been like, I'll take this fucking check. Yeah. Come take it from me, you half black motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing too about, I get it. You want to have voice work go to a, a, a wide net. But what if like whoever is not, you know, what if a, a uh, an Asian woman does this black voice really well yeah. and kills it. And right. you're like, yeah, but it's a it's a voice. On, like, she shouldn't be able to do that? Right. I don't know. I just feel like voice work is, it's a, it's a skill set. I mean, like, yeah. you know, there's people who are just, they can do amazing things with their voices. Right, right, right. And uh, I don't know. I just always feel like whoever has the funniest, best voice for that should yeah. get the part. Well, there was that girl, Angela Johnson, you know, that comic, Angela yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Like she does a Korean woman's voice and she, she got huge from it. I remember that. The nail salon. Yeah. Yeah. And Vietnamese. 
Oh, Vietnamese. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what's, what's her ethnicity? She's Mexican. So I think she got a pass because she is a minority, so she could sort do another of, but she got, minority. In the last few years, she yeah. did get... Oh, she did. She did get a lot of pushback. Yeah, from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's like like Gabriel, you know, Fluffy. Yeah. He can do crazy voices. He gets cast as all kinds of shit. Oh, a really? A kid, a woman. Yeah, he gets- Oh, no shit. I mean, he's just got this incredible ability yeah. to, to do things with his voice. Um, And it was, you know, I don't, I mean, he's a Mexican dude and- Yep. He can, I don't think he only plays Mexican parts. Right. I mean, Bart Simpson is- Famously voiced by a woman, a woman, a white woman. Right. I guess that's not really an issue. But, but then Hank Azaria used to voice Apu and like twelve other voices right. there. But he stopped doing Apu. He did. Yeah. Yeah. There was a big pushback on, like there was a big movement, I guess, to get him to stop doing it. I don't know. Maybe in drama, but in comedy, I feel like in cartoons, especially, yeah. it seems, you know, I don't know. Voiceover work is good fucking work, though. It's you know, another one, yeah. That guy Billy West, you know Billy West. He was he was a Howard Stern guy forever, and then he got into doing um, cartoon voices, and now he's like the guy. You really? see him in everything. Like, uh, um, oh, what's the one? I've wanted to do it. I've auditioned for a number of things. Yeah, I've never gotten voice. You work. got a good voice. Never happened. Really? Yeah, that's the guy, Billy West. Yeah. All right. Is it America? Yeah, it is. But sometimes when you see the um, the guys like him and they do an interview, immediately you're like, "Holy shit!" That voice, like their natural speaking voice. Yeah. It just it registers right away. Right, it's like, right. This right. is not a normal voice. Yeah. There's that guy. Who's the one who does? Um, have you seen? He's a white dude who does Morgan Freeman. He's a comedian. No. I always forget his name. God damn it! Who? What is his name? That's a tough he's one a to do. That's a that's a low range voice to get to, bro. You know he's done it for Morgan Freeman on camera. No shit. And Morgan Freeman's like, holy shit! Like, it is remarkable. I think I heard he's retiring. Morgan Josh is? Robert Thompson. Yes, that's him. Yeah, he is unreal. Really? Voice. Here, do you want to listen to it real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Put those headphones on. I mean, he is like, it makes no sense that he can do this. Morgan Freeman is probably the greatest voice of all time, but what a lot of people don't know is that I do the voice of Morgan Freeman for Morgan Freeman. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a Wizard of Oz situation. You know, pay no attention to the skinny white boy behind the curtain, you know. So now when you're hearing Morgan Freeman, and it may help for you to close your eyes at this point because it's going to be a little disconcerting. Uh, to hear that sound coming out the pocket. But uh, when, when you hear Morgan Freeman, what you're really hearing is me. Uh, and, and it's a fun voice to do because uh, I like to go around and, oh, I narrate people's lives. You know, that's a fun game that I like to play. Um, I might narrate things like, well, Jimmy got up in the morning and brushed his teeth and took a shit and those kind of things. <laughs> but in your case, I might say something like, uh, two little bears... Bert and Tom went inside the cave. Two bears in one cave. They stayed inside that cave for oh over six months. It's uncanny. Now, most folks That's in town crazy. Just assume. Yeah, but it's wrong. It's super wrong, and I I gotta tell you, I'm disappointed in Josh for doing that. Yeah, it is. You do have to close your eyes. You do. Yeah, to fully appreciate it. 
That that's insane. Well, you know, my dad did uh, voiceovers for a living. He was a radio guy. I remember he was a radio guy. And then he did, uh, but I mean, he did straight voiceovers, but like for commercials. And he went in, and he was the voice of Showtime for like a decade. Really? He's like coming up next on Showtime, and he would go in for like three or four hours on a Thursday, and he would record them for the whole week. And I mean, that shit got all of us through college. Really? It was like huge money. Huge money, yeah. And then he would do like Charmin, National Enquirer, Uncle Ben's Rice. Like he he had- Oh my God. Back when voiceovers like used, used to get a campaign for like 10 years. That's amazing. And nowadays you do one You one hear shot the, um, you know, rec- sometimes recognizable voices, actors on commercials sometimes, and you're like, oh my God, they backed up a truck yep. of money. But it'll be just like built Ford tough. And you're like- that's it. And you're like, is that Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. Just, that's it. Like, I know. It kind of sucks. I, yeah. I, I really think if you're a big celebrity and you're making $5 million a movie, don't take money out of yeah. the mouth of the guy that's a voice. I mean, I, I say that because that's what my father did maybe, yeah. but it does seem like celebrities are getting fucking greedy. Yeah, of course. They've all got to have a podcast and a TV commercial. The and- guys that got into podcasting that were already like super huge and then their name got them this incredible offer to podcast. You yeah. listen to their podcast and you're like, these are just like marginal yeah. podcasters. Right. But they have huge draw power. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then it feeds on itself. Of course. Because people in our society are so drawn to celebrity. Celebrity. It yeah. just fascinates people. Yeah. I've had so many people point out a few of these podcasts that are celebrity hosted. And I'm like, dude, that podcast is dog shit. Yeah. And they're like, really? I'm like... Let me point you at a few other ones about like where like there's really good hosts and like, but they just don't care because they're like, yeah, but it's this guy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he sucks at this. I know. It's not what he does. Yeah. Sam Tripoli does this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like they're like, and then like the press, because you realize the longer you do this, how everything's intertwined and there'll be like, you know, so-and-so is, is a. Uh, putting a new stamp on podcasting or yeah. redefining the medium. And you're like, uh-huh. what? Right, right. This is just some guy who called up his, you know, other actor friend and they just sit there and, I mean, it's not like we're doing anything different, but the idea that that because it's a celebrity doing it, that like now it's better. Yeah. It's like, it's not better. Well, it's become something that was done in somebody's guest house yeah. with a microphone or recorder into I just did a celebrities podcast and it was like, I couldn't even get in the building with security. Yeah. Like I had to f- fill out all these forms and then I got upstairs and there was three different producers yeah. and it was like a, there was a creative executive and there was a writer and I was just like, Ugh. dude. And, and then, and then it was just. Most actors too. They're just awful. Yeah. They just suck. Yeah. They suck to hang out with. They yeah. suck to talk to. Right. They suck to spend time with. They're, they're just shitty at convers. Like they're you're just they're like, just false positive. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, they're fucking aids, dude. Right? They're just <laughs> they're just the worst. They're the worst. They're the worst. Yeah. And, and then you realize how fucking vacant they are. Yeah. When you hang out with comics, because comics yeah. have like thoughts that right. they you know and opinions, and you hang out with these dipshits who just fucking look at you and you're like, yeah, if someone doesn't write it down for you, you don't have a fucking thing to right, say. Right, right, right. Go stand in and traffic. They're, and they're so safe. Everything they say oh, yeah. is safe. Uh, and you make a joke and they're like, yeah, yeah. No. oh my God, I might not get work again. You yeah. Know? And you're like, yeah, well, yeah. that's your choice, fuckface. I know. You shouldn't have gotten into this. You, you know? act. What is acting anyway? Oh, go play pretend, you cunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
What a skill set. <laughs> yeah, what are you, seven? Yeah. You're going to pretend? My kids are actors, too. I get okay? embarrassed sometimes when I see adults acting, and they get, like... I, there was a birthing scene in a show I just saw. And I was like, that poor woman, look at her pretending she's having a baby. She looks ridiculous. Ridiculous. The only things, the only ones you want to watch really act are like the Christian Bales, like the people who are so goddamn talented yeah. and so committed where you're like, all right, this, this person goes all in. Anybody right. below that tier, you're like, this is right. fucking embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, what's the guy who did Lincoln? Who's the guy who played Lincoln? Oh, right. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. That I'll guy. see that guy do anything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's out of his fucking mind. He left acting to become a fucking like shoe cobbler or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going <laughs> to make shoes. I know. Like, okay. I know. He really commits. He fucking, he's He stays incredible. in character during the yeah. filming. Right. So like during Lincoln, he stays in that walking, like walking out of his trailer with air conditioning. Yeah. You know, they're like, um, President Lincoln, <laughs> you need it on set. And he's like, okay. It doesn't break at all. That was a good Lincoln when you was just that? said, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm an actor. I'm a very talented actor. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, are you coming out on the road this October anywhere? Are you going to be Yeah, I got dates, dates coming up. I'll be in uh, New Orleans and uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, Ooh. and then Chicago, October 15th at the Den Theater. My son will be there. He goes to college in Chicago. You got That'll be fun. You got grown-up kids now. Yeah. San Francisco Punchline, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, all gigging. over the place. You're gigging. Fitzdog.com for tickets. Fitzdog.com for tickets. Um, also, you do uh, podcasts that are- Fitzdog Radio yeah. comes out on Tuesdays. I interview guests like yourself. You've been yeah. on many times. And you do the Sunday- And then uh, Sunday, Sunday papers. papers with Mike Gibbons and then Childish with Allison Rosen. Those are my three podcasts. Damn. Yeah, man. You got to hustle. You got to hustle. Yeah. Um, go get tickets. Go see Greg. It's truly one of the best comics working today. And thanks for coming. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, dude. man. Great right. being here. We'll see you next time. Bert and Tom, Tom and Bert. One goes topless while the other wears a shirt. Tom tells stories and Bert's the machine. There's not a chance in hell that they'll keep it clean. Here's what we call Two Bears on Cave. No scripts, a bit of booze, amateur protology. Dirty jokes, raunchy humor, no apologies. Here's what we call Two Bears on Cave. 